Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Not, not quite my tempo. And welcome back to The Right Tempo. This is the site manager for SLC Dunk, Michael Lohman. I know I said this was going to be near daily, but I wanted to go on vacation. I needed some rest before the long NBA season because I am planning, just like everyone else, that the Utah Jazz are going to go far into the NBA playoffs. Ba-boom. And so needed a break before everything gets going. And things are starting to pick up, uh, most recently with... The FIBA World Cup, we have Donovan Mitchell playing for Team USA. We have Joe Ingles playing for Australia. And we also have Rudy Gobert playing for France. And one of the biggest storylines that's going into the FIBA World Cup has nothing to do with the actual basketball that's being played on the court, but the people who are actually leaving the that court. That makes six players withdraw from the team in the past two weeks, joining Anthony Davis, James Harden, Eric Gordon, CJ McCollum, Joe Varden of The Athletic, also reporting that Damian Lillard and Kevin Love are now, quote, on the fence about participating. Taking the form of many players like James Harden, De'Aaron Fox, P.J. Tucker, and others who are leaving to focus on being healthy and making the playoffs. I think that's like the de facto. I think they're all copying and pasting the same regurgitated remarks where it's De'Aaron Fox would like to return back and work on his game uh, to be able to try to push his team to the NBA playoffs, which is nice and dandy. I don't think the Kings are making the playoffs. I think they have a much improved team, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. So why is everyone pulling out a Team USA? And that's what we're going to talk about a lot today. And it all goes back to the same idea that if you play in Team USA uh, and play in the offseason, you're putting a lot of minutes on your legs and you're going to have a higher chance of being hurt. I think this goes back to the thinking of the Paul George incident. This this idea that players were scared to play for Team USA before FIBA and before the Olympics wasn't really a big notion until the Paul George injury. And the Paul George injury happened, um, if you don't remember, a few years back. Um, it was happened during a scrimmage, so blue versus white. And he, it was some fluke thing where he broke his leg and ended up being out a year. That's very significant and very significant for teams allowing their players to go because Paul George would be out a year, um, seemingly a year of his prime. And then he would come back, he'd play pretty good basketball, and then he would ask out of his contract and uh, leave the Indiana Pacers. And so the Indiana Pacers were basically given a gap a gap year between um, between when he played and when he uh, <laughs> when he didn't, and so that change that 
idea changed the way people thought. The following year, when pe- people were, were asking if, pe- if players are going to play with, for Team USA, there was this trepidation of, oh man, you know, are they going to go? Are they not? What's the deal? And so, and that thinking goes to now. And so, the question I want to ask and then answer today is: A, well, just it is just one. Do players have a higher chance of getting injured in the following year? if they play for Team USA or if they play in FIBA. And so what I've done is I've pulled all of the players and I'm only using Olympic data, I'm not using FIBA. Um, so in the years that players played for for Team USA, was there a higher chance or a lower chance of them playing in games? And so basically what we did is we took how many games they played in the prior season and how many games they played in the following season and then just saw how their stats were. Did they increase in points per game? Did they decrease? Did their efficiency drop? Did it gain? Did they play in more games and less games? Did they start more? Did they not start more? So we went all into this. One of the biggest things that we had to throw out was in this data was Anthony Davis in uh, uh, 2012. Um, so Anthony Davis uh, was, was a rookie that year. So if we would have used his numbers, he would have thrown off the entire thing because, of course, he didn't play any games in the NBA the prior year. And then he played uh, a lot. So um, we threw his numbers out because, obviously, it didn't really make a lot of sense to include them. Um, we're looking at prior NBA experience games and post-NBA player games. And so he doesn't fit that criteria. But everyone else, it's kind of interesting to take a look at it and see what uh, what it yields. Um, the very first thing that you'll notice is uh, there is an average. Um, so for the 2018, um, they on average players played five games less, and there's a big reason for that. Two players, uh, Michael Red and Carlos Boozer. Yes, Michael Red was on the 2008 Olympic team. Also, so was Carlos Boozer. Uh, a lot of Jazz fans might remember Carlos Boozer was the victory cigar to every Team USA win. So if he got minutes, it meant Team USA was winning. So he played, um, he played 30, uh, so Carlos Boozer played 44 less games the following season, and Michael Red played 39 less games. Also, Darren Williams, who also was on that team, played 14 less games. So you're probably saying, oh my gosh, that makes things worse. But if you look at the rest of the players, Tayshaun Prince, Played the same amount of games. LeBron James actually played six more games in the prior season. Kobe Bryant played the same amount of games as the next season. Jason Kidd played one more game than the prior season. Dwayne Wade played 28 games more than the prior season. Chris Bosh played 10 more games than the prior season. And so when you look at that list and you think about it, Michael Redd, that was actually towards the end of his career. That, that next season precipitated his decline. Carlos Boozer... Um, Carlos Boozer had uh, a fluke knee injury uh, during the season. Uh, didn't have anything to do with wear and tear, but just he hurt his knee. Um, so so th- that was basically what it was. Also, that was the same year that Carlos Boozer coincidentally uh, said that he was opting out of his contract and going to play free agency, play the free agent market while he was sitting on the sidelines during a TNT game. So that was fun. 
So let's go to the next season. So what are we looking at? So uh, on average, uh, so on average, there was five uh, players that year played five less games than the, than the than the last year, and um, the median, the mean of that, uh, on average, uh, so the mean, uh, they played one game less. So that's where most of them stacked up. So if we go in 2012, 2012, it's really hard to gauge. Uh, most people might remember that there was a lockout during the 2012-2013 season. So uh, not the 2012-2013, the 2011-2012 season. So when you look at it, the average amount of games that players played prior to the last season was actually 11 games, 11.8 games more, which would translate out to um, uh, 77 games. Uh, So... Because uh, in that lockout season, they only played 66 games. The following season, of course, they played 82. 11 plus uh, 66 is going to be about 77. Um, Now, some players played more or less, but for the most part, uh, the only player to have a significant injury and play significantly less games in a prior season was Kevin Love. Uh, Kevin Love, who had a, had an, uh, a major injury, and he played eight, 18 less games um, that in his following season after the lockout year. So once again, uh, and none of these are are really crazy. You're looking at uh, they're all about the same point. So on average, everything is fine. So where do we go with the uh, 2016? So 2016, on average, uh, players actually played almost one game more the following season from that roster, and this is a roster of Carmelo Anthony, DeAndre Jordan, DeMar DeRozan, DeMarcus Cousins, Raymond Green, Harrison Barnes, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Kyle Lowry, Kyrie Irving, and Paul George. Uh, The uh, only players to miss significant time were Kyle Lowry and Kevin Durant. That's it. And Paul George, coincidentally, who took the major injury and scared everyone off from playing with Team USA in the first place, actually... uh, came back and and played. He actually played six games less the following season, um, but that was more about uh, resting, of all things. So um, when you look at when and it was his mandated rest from you know coming off a major injury, weird. Uh, so one of the other things. Uh, so that whole thing of when people are like, well, there's wear and tear, and they're gonna get hurt and blah blah blah. They actually don't and smart teams are going to rest them anyway so when you think about well you know if donovan mitchell goes comes back and he's getting tired guess what utah jazz are going to rest him if rudy gobert is getting tired from playing in uh for france they're going to rest him same with joe ingles and if you're worried about those three players, if you're a Jazz fan, you're like, well, I'm really worried about Joe Ingles because he's older. Well, take heart because he's going to be coming off the bench. He's going to play significantly less minutes. This is probably the last time Joe Ingles will ever average more than 30 minutes a game in the season. And this is probably going to be the last time. Uh, and he he's probably not going to average more than 25 minutes per game uh, during the regular season. You don't want him to. If he's averaging more than 25 minutes per game, uh, Utah's, Utah's offseason – was a huge failure. That means Jeff Green is not uh, not producing. That means Boyan Bogdanovich is not producing. That means Royce O'Neal is struggling. Uh, that means a, a, a host of, of other things that they're going to be trying to 
to take care of. So with that rumor completely dispelled, and basically there's no, no real evidence that shows that players are of greater risk of getting hurt because they play for Team USA. The other thing, too, is there's that fallacy out there that if they are not playing in Team USA, they're resting. August, the end of August leading into September is a pretty work-heavy month for a lot of NBA players, if you're not aware. This is the final month that they're preparing to be in training camp. Uh, Warning, most teams have asked their players to come to camp in shape. And you don't get in shape just by sitting on your couch bubble wrapped at the trying to limit your injuries. Uh, of course, in off-season workouts and other things, people are going to be trying to stay healthy. But as noted with the DeMarcus Cousins injury, uh, he got hurt in the off-season and he was not playing for Team USA. He was just in the off-season working on his game. It happens. You have no greater chance of injury doing runs in Los Angeles as you do with Team USA. In fact, you might even have a greater chance of staying healthy when you're with Team USA because you have so many people working for your success. And not only working for your success, but working for uh, your continued health because it, they're trying to win games. And so you not only have your team's, team's doctors looking after you, you have Team USA's doctors working out for you or, or Australia's doctors or France uh, France's doctors working for you. So there isn't a big thing when it comes to injuries. So now let's start talking about the fun stuff. And the fun stuff is actually the increase um, in production that players see. So in 2008, on average, um, players... Um, so uh, 2008 was very star heavy um, and very uh, entrenched stars. Like you got your Dwayne Wade, your Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tayshawn Prince, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh. The young ones, it's so crazy to think that they were young at this point, were <laughs> Chris Paul and Darren Williams. And so the younger players who played, um, they actually saw increases in their points next season. Um, when you look at it, Chris Paul increased his points, uh, he increased his points per game by 1.7 points. Uh, Darren Williams was points, uh, was 0.6. Dwayne Wade was 5.6. This is the mythical like Dwayne Wade bump. He went ham when he got back. It was insane. He increases his points by 5.6. His free uh, throw attempts to a uh, game by 0.6, and he was already averaging insane nine free throw attempts per game. Uh, most people saw gains when it came to uh, effective field goal percentage. All of them, they saw a a uh, 3% increase in effective field goal percentage after playing with Team USA um, on, uh, on average. Um, so uh, that's not too shabby. Um, when you go to two, uh, 2012, it's so you, you're seeing a a 1.3 points per game jump from the prior year to the following year. And that team consisted of players like Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, Andre Iguodala, and Tyson Chandler. The only players um, uh, 
to see like a significant drop in points production were actually Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul. Excuse me, Chris Paul and Darren Williams. And both would would be on uh, different teams that actually were better. So Chris Paul made his way to the Clippers, and then, uh, well, Darren Williams started his decline after 2012. Wah, wah. Um, then if we go to uh, 2016, this is where we see another increase, 1.3 points per game, and we saw insane jumps by uh, we saw insane jumps by Harrison Barnes, and that was a role change in going to Dallas. We saw, um, I believe it is DeMar DeRozan, uh, 3.8 points per game. And then we also saw Kyrie Irving take a huge leap. So when you look at this, when you're looking at young players like a Darren Williams, it's really good for these young players to go to Team USA. We should be falling over ourselves to allow uh, the young players of our basketball teams to be able to go to play for Team USA because you see increases. You see big gains in their game when they play with Team USA. And part of that is uh, they, they have to take on more of a leadership role. Um, they are around other really good players. They're around really great coaching. You're not just around like the like your coaches, which not saying like anybody on the Utah Jazz is, is a scrub of a coach, but your, for example, the assistant coach for the Utah Jazz is Alex Jensen versus uh, the, or Johnny Bryant versus the assistant coach for Team USA is the Golden State Warriors head coach and coach of the prior coach of the year, Steve Kerr. So it's different. And you have such elite coaching around you. This is such an amazing way to lead yourself into an NBA season. And you're also not just going to play in runs, but you're going to play in games that matter. You're going to start. You're going to be in pressure situations much earlier. So your first pressure situation isn't coming game three or game seven or maybe even latest game ten of the NBA season. You've already had it in August. So you've already kind of worked out out the rust, and it's much better to work out the rust against France and Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert and a bunch of EuroLeague guys than it is to be going at guys like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, and the rest of the Clippers team during the regular season. So it's a much different ball game at that point. So, so you definitely want your players to be playing for their respective national teams when it comes to the offseason because they can work on games. The other big thing is like players like Rudy Gobert. A lot of Jazz fans might have forgotten by this point because it was clear back in 2013, but that was really when Rudy Gobert started to take off. Um, Not 2013, excuse me, 2015. 2015, he played with the France team, and he was really going at the Gasol brothers when he played for France, and he was really showing defensive uh, potential in that. In fact, there even was an article by Zach Lowe that that offseason where he said, this is really promising. I'm not saying Rudy Gobert is going to be the next great big man, but if he can get up to about, you know, 50% of what Tyson Chandler is, this is a big deal, and these are big developments. It's small minutes, but it's big developments. 
And sure enough, he came into the season. He unseated Ennis Cantor at center. He moved <laughs> moved Derek Favors off to power forward, and he took over the center position. And the fate of the Utah Jazz changed dramatically and overnight because of that. So that is the main main takeaway when you're looking at this off season. And when players are playing in international play, they have a chance to really work on their game in a place that is lower risk than normal. And for example, we saw Rudy Gobert is kind of shooting off the dribble threes or catch and shoot threes with the French with the French team. And you see him making it in a no pressure situation, a practice or whatnot. But you, it would be a great spot for him to practice in these exhibition games before the FIBA World Cup starts in China. Because then you can actually see, hey, is this a, is this a talent? Is this something that we can really work on? Can we really work with this? And so that's the great thing about these games is, Darren, uh, for example, I said just about said Darren Williams, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is being able to uh, be asked to be the leader of they're, I want to call them all-stars, except Kemba Walker, but very talented NBA players like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, not going to list Mason Plumley, but you get the idea. Uh, he gets to be around these guys, and he gets to be the guy. And that is so, so unique when you're talking about these games, is that you know he gets to be that dude. And so... What is, uh, you know, what is going to be his potential? What are they going to be able to do? And how are they going to be able to work um, at this level? And it's going to be absolutely awesome about, you know, the, the amount of steps are going to, he's going Donovan Mitchell and others are going to take during this time. And I did say there was a definite benefit for players who did play with Team USA. They saw increases in points per game, free throws attempts per, per game, uh, rebounds per game. They saw, for the most part, increases in steals and blocks the following season. Their effective field goal percentage increased. And as we just talked about, it's a not that much of a difference in games played from the prior year to the following year. And from 2008 to now 2019, we are so much more dialed in and when it comes to resting players at that um, specific targeted rest and if anybody knows that targeted rest is Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich is well in the know of what he needs to do to rest players. So is Steve Kerr. They do this quite often. And the Utah Jazz next year are probably going to be resting guys strategically when it comes to Mike Conley or Rudy Gobert or uh, Joe Ingles or William Bogdanovich. They're going to be resting these guys because they're older. They're an older team. And, and so... There's no big thing uh, that any any NBA fan should be worried about when it comes to guys getting hurt. That's why it's so stupid when you see De'Aaron Fox being like, "Oh, I'm you know I want to focus on my health and be able to make the playoffs." It's BS. It's frankly BS, and it just sounds like he just didn't want the bad press of getting cut, um, and he'd rather look like he's declining it himself rather than being on the wrong end of a weak roster and getting cut. It's stupid. If you're a young player, you should want to be here because you're going to get better. And if you are, I, the only people that I think shouldn't be there are like James Harden or others because they have nothing to prove in the FIBA World Cup. 
they're already at the top of their game. So I get why they're not going to be here. But young players, there is no reason a young player like Zion Williamson shouldn't be there. Like a player like CJ McCollum should not be there. Players like that should be... Uh, players like that should not be with, with, with FIBA in a World Cup. Olympics? Yeah, sure. It's great. Um, the other thing that... Uh, and we talked about this earlier. This whole thing that it's, it's bumping up right into the regular season. Yeah. And you're working out right up into the regular season anyway. And no one's playing 40 minutes a game in, in going to be in China. And if they're worried about, well, you know, we're worried about travel and all of that, it they travel. These NBA players travel all the damn time to Europe and China and all these other things for marketing tours all throughout the offseason, you know, to be able to, you know, to get their publicity up for the for the sponsorship opportunities. And they do it all the time. And they're not being like, man, you know, getting back from China and right before their regular season is really going to hurt me. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's frankly ridiculous. And it's and it, and, and it's it, it's kind of it, like they're taking advantage of people who and fans who are saying, well, like, oh, yeah, that is a lot of work. No, you're playing. They're, they're flying in the first class of first class to all these different places. They're playing in minimal games. They're working out the same amount of time as they would be if they were working on their own games. And they have a lot of doctors who are already so attentive to what's going on with their injuries and nicks and bruises and all of that, that they're being super careful. And that's also why you have your agents there and you have team representatives there. Like people, it is annoying. It is just frankly annoying that this fallacy is out there that guys get hurt more when they play with Team USA or play in the offseason. They don't. Want to know what does more harm than good when you're talking about a guy's career is playing numerous years over and over again in the postseason because that's where you're playing heavy minutes. You're playing it on short rest sometimes. You're, you know, you might only have a game in between um, and you are traveling a lot during that to and from you know to and from cities as you're going you know you're bouncing back and forth back and forth and then you're extending 82 games into you know all the way into June uh, so that's where the biggest things uh, to that face players hit uh, the, the, the biggest problem for injuries is actually the postseason and if you really want hey, you know, this is really building up and this is really bad for our bodies. It's not what's going to happen in FIBA. It's going to happen in the regular season of 82 games. If you got a problem with getting hurt, um, just talk to your team. And your team is going to strategically rest you like they did Kawhi Leonard, like they've done, like the San Antonio Spurs did with Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan. Like, that's where your rest is going to come because the regular season is going to beat you up. Working out with Team USA and playing in a few games here and there in in August and the beginning of September, that's not going to be your biggest worry. And so that's our show for today, or my show. Wow. Um, so as always, you can follow me at M, uh, my underscore L-O, my underscore low on Twitter. You can follow SOC soc dunk on twitter on facebook on instagram and always check out our site we got some good content rolling for team usa 
Uh, I am the poor, unfortunate soul who is going to be covering the 3.30 a.m. game against Australia. Uh, God give me strength. And so we'll have that preview and recap for you, and you'll get to wake up to find out what happened, and I will not get to wake up when you do. Peace. Peace.